everyone. John Wertheim here. It's this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. Our second straight in-studio guest, Michael Costa, is a correspondent on The Daily Show, very funny comedian. We will link his most recent segment on the Trump border wall in El Paso, Texas. But he is also former tennis player, former top 1,000 ATP player, uh, played at the University of Illinois under Craig Tiley, and then he did not go on the Challenger Tour for tennis. He went on the Challenger Tour for comedy, and uh, now he is in the big time. So uh, Michael is uh, terrifically funny. encourage you to watch him on YouTube, on The Daily Show, and when he tours your town. But he is going to spend some time with us here on the podcast. Yeah, we're All right, let's just jump right in. You're good jumping in? Come on. No uh, warm-up. You want to throw on your... Uh, My headphones? Yeah. I was told specifically by no Jamie headphones? not to go headphones. It doesn't matter. All right. But see, I've, I've been here a minute, and I'm already sensing like a disconnect between you guys. Like, oh, is there are some you kidding? Kind of... <laughs> Jamie's my child. Never We're never on this side. Right. Exactly. Oh, right. like do you want to... Feng Shui thing. No, it's all yeah. good. It's like it's like double... It's like I'm playing the lefty, so I'm playing the deuce court. Right. It's that all is good. awkward. Wait, this is... Your, it's a good... Uh, it's a good analogy, though. We're uh, we're jumping right in. Yeah. You know they're trying to cut down warm-up time. That's going to save match duration. We yeah. Just go out there and start playing. I, so, uh, yeah. I mean, how? Wh- what is it now? Five minutes? Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting that... First ball in, man. Just, I do think it's interesting that the players have probably hit twice already. Right. Then you see them in the corridor jumping and moving and therabanding. I mean, they're sweat. They're yeah. they're ready, and yeah. then they come out here and they have to do this whole like forehand, forehand. I think what? it's funny you do that with your opponent too. Imagine any other I know, sport, I like know. Uh, hey, hey, LeBron, get in the layup line. I'm going to feed you some bounce passes. There, there is something so beautifully cooperative in about competitive go. tennis. Exactly, you know, exactly. it's like uh, even in golf. If you're great at golf and I'm terrible, we can still go play golf. But tennis, it's you can't. You have to be almost close to the same level. The uh, UTR is going to fix that. All right, let's. Uh, you know what the most trite question is? I'm going to ask you anyway. What's your life like? I just saw you. You know what I was thinking is, uh, yeah. I just saw Mark Mark Marin okay. interviewed Krusty the Clown. I was oh, thinking did he? we should do no, no, but we should do uh, five minutes of you as as Bricky the Wall. Was that your most? Hey, kids, it's me, Bricky. <laughs> was, we will we'll post that link. Was that your most recent segment? Yeah, my most recent segment was uh, the Daily Show uh, put me in a wall costume and sent me to a Trump rally in El Paso, and. Um, Talk to the Trump supporters. And let me tell you what, if you want some perspective on our president and his popularity with his supporters, go down to a rally. I saw there was a souvenir stand selling. There's uh, not a souvenir stand. There's 40 souvenir stands. There are lines around. I mean, the streets are blocked. No one goes to school that day. No one goes to work that day. It is unbelievable the passion that his supporters have for him. Sounds just like Brooklyn. Sounds like Manhattan. I mean, it sounds like Williamsburg for Obama, maybe. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but it, it, it. Yeah. So anyways, I was a wall, and it was fun to talk to people because I got to not show my face, but I could, you know, kind of prod them a little bit. But usually you are... Uh, and I talk to like this. Yeah, right. I don't even do, do a... voices. <laughs> you got to, <laughs> get to do the mascot voice. Oh, I mean, I don't know how to do voices. Sometimes it's Southern, sometimes it's like... Oh, it's like yeah. the Simpsons mascot. <laughs> exactly. Nobody, yeah. nobody trained you to do that. Um, right. But you're you're also doing stand-up. I'm doing stand-up comedy pretty much every night. Um, why is a great question. They pay you $25. You perform for nine people. I mean, you, I, 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 ladies and gentlemen who listen to the podcast, I was doing a show 
I don't know, a month ago, Monday night, Tuesday night, I look out there, John's oh, sitting that's in right. the audience. Uh, well. But it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like, you know, hey, Michael's going to be over there. It was just random. And that's that's what I do. And uh, that's how I ended up, you know, getting on The Daily Show. And they saw my comedy. And so I keep it up. You remember, well, I'll tell you one thing that's funny is my, my friend Toby and I are comedy nerds. Once a month, we'll mm-hmm. go to a show. And... uh I heard Maria Sharapova is apparently a huge Judah Friedlander Correct. fan. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah. oh, Judah Friedlander. He's playing uh, not far from where I live. So um, Judah loves tennis. On, and apparently he's really good at uh, ping table pong. tennis. Yeah, yeah, ping pong. Yeah. Judah, um, and he'll talk to you all day about table tennis, which I don't have a lot to offer in say, those discussions. I say, um, it could be a monologue. People, yeah, people, yeah, and people do think if you're good at tennis that you know that you're good at other racket sports. Right. But it's like I don't, I, I think I know how to play squash. I there's, think I was gonna say there's some uh, yeah. great badminton players coming through, right? Yeah. Um, but do you remember the first time, uh, first time we met? I was thinking about that? this because I recently moved out of L.A. and I had to throw away a lot of stuff, <laughs> and I was going through a folder that had. The article that you you wrote about me in Tennis oh, Magazine. Right, 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 Do you right, remember right. that? Yeah, yeah. No, that was. Uh... So that's not where I first met you. No, it is. No, that's yeah. right. You know, I was in to an Ohio. This is God. We're dating ourselves. Yeah. It was 2006, maybe. I was, was in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ty you know, Tucker. There's a Ty Tucker. Was, oh, we're going to comedy at the mall. <laughs> and then he said, actually, one of the guys performing, I coached against him. He played for Illinois. Yep. And this was. This was a rough trip. I mean, this was like the fake brick wall and giggles yeah. and two yeah. for one drink coupons. Oh yeah, and I know the name of that club, but I'm not. I'll, giggles. We'll, we'll keep it. It's not Chuckles. giggles. Um, <laughs> it's usually one. Of them. <laughs> but uh, my my point is, you you've gone from sort of the you've gone from the challenger circuit to sure. the um, the main tour. Sure, I you've done I, good. I, thank you. The challenger circuit in comedy is a real one, much like the the challenger circuit in tennis, and there are a lot of people that stay there, you know, that are very good. Right. There are if if you go to any comedy club in the country tonight, and not the headliner, the feature act, there's a very good chance that they are very very funny. There's also a very good chance that that's that's the pinnacle where they're at. You know, it's it's tough. It's a tough it's a tough business. Big break. I mean, did you did you have one uh, signature win, or was this just sort of gradually building your game? Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm I don't think my comedy career is the you know, I broke through and won a grand slam. I think it's like, oh, is he in the second round? Oh, is he in the third round? It's two years later. Now right. he's in the quarters. You know, maybe I'm a David F- Ferrer, maybe. I I don't know. A lot worse than that. It could be a lot worse. No, I'm very happy with... Look, getting The Daily Show is amazing, and it's it's it's... I've been doing this a long time now, 15 years, but it's the kind of job where you tell other people, and they now ha- they now think you're a credible comic, which... Right. Which I right. love, but I was anyways. But it's like it's nice to tell people, hey, now I have a paycheck coming in. So what separates? Uh, you know, you know, in tennis they always say the margins are slim. <laughs> right. What separates the guy? My hometown, Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, great comedy club. Yeah, it is. And a guys great cycle club. through, and you know, I, you'd go mm-hmm. home to see your mm-hmm. folks, and hey, Dana Gould is here, mm-hmm. and Janine mm-hmm. Garofalo is coming next week. But then on a Tuesday, it's some um, like you yeah. see, some guy who's making twenty five bucks, yeah. sleeping on the couch. Um, yeah. yeah. What's what separates the guys that make it and the the journey folk? It's a tough question to answer. I mean, I I what I loved about tennis was they ranked everybody. 
So there's this ranking system, and my career high was 864. That was the high, highest I've ever. That was the best I could ever do. Right, great. I'm happy with. But there's no subjectivity with with sport, and that's what I love. This is your ranking. This is where you are. With comedy, it is so subjective. Dana Gould can come through. Dana Gould's very, very funny. He also sells tickets, which the club loves. Right. The person who's headlining on a Tuesday night maybe doesn't sell any tickets, uh, but could also be funny. So what separates, what moves somebody up? I do think, genuinely, if you're a very funny comic, you will climb up. I, um, but nowadays... If you're famous, if you get this Instagram following, if it's a YouTube thing, you can sell out a comedy club. It doesn't mean you're good at stand-up comedy. So I don't really have an answer for your question other than, um, you know, if, if you are genuinely funny over the course of time, the industry will find out. So if you is that a, is that a, yeah, is that a no, bullshit I mean, I answer? No, but is I that think a politically it's correct uh, answer? <clears throat> it's a politically correct answer, but I'm not sure there's a better one. But I also, I also think, like, we don't think about this. When you're an author, same thing. You've got to, like... Do your your yep. road shows and yep. your book tours yep. and hey everyone here's a group email and I have a book coming out and you got to sell yourself. Correct. Athletes, you know the WTA player might bring in the fans and they might not, but that prize money doesn't change whether they are box office or not. No, and and I get frustrated. I'll be on the phone with my manager. We'll talk for forty five minutes. We'll talk about my email marketing, my ads on Facebook. Uh, people that I should be talking with about, but I'm always and it was like we didn't even talk about my act. We haven't talked itself. about yeah, yeah we exactly. haven't even talked about the thing that's most important, and right. so that's that's a frustrating part with today's comedy world. But and that's what I love about sport. And you know, in comedy, there's these comics that you'll watch their set, and then they'll come up after and they'll go, "Oh man, I crushed, I killed it, I did so great." And they're going, "We just you just lost six one six one. You got you sucked." <laughs> But you can you can lie you can lie and, or you can or they're maybe they're maybe they're, they genuinely feel they did well. Sport is so brutal because there's a scoreboard above your head and I love that and I miss that now with, uh, in, in the in the world that I'm in, which is comedy. And uh, all right, so what what defines success? I mean, is it just dudes laughing? Is it do you just have a sense I'm I'm hitting it tonight? I mean, what when you, when you get off there and said I crushed it or yeah. dude I ate it? Yeah, what is that coming down to? You know, you have to, they have to like you. Now, they don't have to like you throughout your whole set. And this is something that I've been playing with lately. No one's going to laugh if they really hate you. So I try not to start the set being too confrontational or disruptive. But it's okay for me if I piss them off a little bit throughout the hour. I, in fact, it's right. fun. And, it's, and I think it shows your skill as a comic if you can anger them or challenge them and then get them back to where they're laughing. So for me, a successful set is, first of all, did people leave and laugh and go, holy shit, that guy's funny. I love that. Right. I forgot about the fact that I uh, don't have any money or that my kid needs medication or whatever it is. That is, is, But also for me as a comic, as a performer, it's fun if I got to jab a little bit, maybe make them think about something that they weren't... Uh, that they weren't thinking about. Um, I love telling New Yorkers how much I hate their city. That's very fun for me. It gets them angry, but then they start to kind of turn and they laugh, and now we're together, we're bonding. Um, but Monday night at Gotham Comedy Club, a guy got really drunk, started heckling me. That was just a terrible set. Really? I don't know what was going on. 
I did my best, but uh, what's, what's your go-to when you get heckled? <laughs> Uh, there's a couple different go-tos. I try to assess who's heckling me and, and deal with them personally. I try not to, uh, uh, I try not to make fun of them physically, you know, I think that's too easy. Right. Um, but usually my go-to is to look at security and go like this. Say, oh, hey, come dude. on. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've, I have a, I got a notebook full of jokes I want to do, so I don't need a drunk guy, right, you right. know, um, but what what defines success ultimately is did the audience laugh and have a good time? And I think we, especially now, we get over. Comedy is seen as this like really speak the truth, and are some some comp comedians now are like activists. At the end of the day, you want the audience to laugh at these jokes. That's what that's what it comes down to. Yeah, laugh. Wait, I was going to ask you about that. About um, wait, I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on that. Hannah Gould's the uh, yeah the Hannah Gatsby. The Hannah Gat. What's it? Nanette. 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 That's um, all I can tell you about it is what other people have told me about. You haven't seen it. I, I haven't watched it, and I know I should. I know I should. But I think it's more this this idea that comedy is now becoming something yeah. much more than yeah. Here, here are my five minutes. I hope you laugh. Yeah, you know, it, it it's going to cycle in and out. Comedy. Steve Martin was a response to George Carlin. George Carlin, who people will be mad at me. I just never, I could never laugh I'm at. Totally with you. I was always I'm like, totally good point, good right. point. You made a right. great lecture today. <laughs> I'm totally and with you. It's that so Steve Martin came out of that. Arrow through the head, silly, goofy. We're right. not making, you know. Uh, so I think right now we're in this social activism time of comedy, which I think sometimes I'm, I'm in the back of the room watching the show and I go, what, are, are you a comic or are you, are you leading a rally? You're lecturing me. And this is fucking boring. Bleep that, Jamie. Jamie. Um, no mic for Jamie today, huh? Jamie, jump on the mic. That's all right. No, no, no pressure. I'm muted. You're muted. I have a mic, but yeah. I'm muted over here. Where, before we make the, uh, the the segue to tennis, sure. So we can keep this in the tennis podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> g- give us the. We, we we all love the Daily Show. Yeah. You. Uh, yeah. Thank t- you. We're doing this on a Friday. No show tonight. No show tonight. But this is this is full time work. I mean, you're you're going in the office. Yeah, it's full time work. Monday through Thursday, the show airs. Friday's off, but you go in and work on segments and ideas. And uh, I used to lay on my floor is in middle school watching Craig Kilborn's Daily Show, and oh, laughing, man. laughing, laughing, and thinking, "Oh my God, how can a man be that arrogant?" And loving it. Um, and so now I open the door every day to walk in the Daily Show, and it it blows me away. I mean, it's like the 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 names that have come out of there, the the what they've done for social commentary, also just genuinely funny. You know, you know there are some if you watch old Colbert or Steve Carell, any correspond or just old John at the desk, it's just genuinely very very funny stuff. And so for me to be a part of that. Um, it's wonderful. It's like a P- I'm get I'm in my PhD for comedy. You know what I mean? No, it's like I, I, I was thought say, this is I thought I knew different. Yeah, I thought I knew about comedy and then you get there and you're like, "Oh my god, there's so much I need to learn." But and I think professionally this is I mean, a tennis tournament's a tennis tournament. This must be a lot different than being a road comic. Yeah. Going into an office, you're yeah. surrounded by humor, you've got to hear you got to hit. You know, we we got 4 minutes you got to give me. Yeah. If it's 4:30, you've got to shave 30 seconds yeah, off. It's that's a much not different okay. drill. Yeah, much different drill. Oh yeah, like we tell you to stand here, you can't stand a little bit there. You have to stand exactly where that mark is, right, and you right, have to. Right. Um, and we tape, so they can edit if they want to, but they don't. You know, so if if you stumble a word or if something um, happens that's not on script, they 
almost always keep it in. They wanted to keep it fresh and real, and, and it, I like that. But I will say all my years of tennis have, have prepared me for how to be ready for the moment. There's the segue. Oh, perfect. Um, God, I wanted to ask you more about John Stewart. but uh, yeah, I, I don't know John Stewart. He doesn't come by. He came by once to be interviewed. I met him briefly, but I don't, I don't have any... Um, I to me that's one of the great untold stories in comedy. Here sure. is a guy retired at the top of his game, young guy, fun yeah, guy, lives yeah. in the middle of New York, yeah. and he doesn't do specials, and you don't yep. hear about him popping into comedy clubs yep. and try out new material. Yep. Where is he? I think he pops into the cellar sometimes, but but not like you know randomly. Very very. I think he lives in a farm and rescues animals. Um, I can tell you what, after only being at The Daily Show for about 18 months, it's, it's, it's heavy. I mean, it, it can be heavy. You, every morning, we're sitting in a room discussing how to make something funny that can be really serious. When I had a show at E!, we were talking about 50 Cent declaring bankruptcy. Nobody cares. It's not, there's no real stakes. We're, not, we're right. talking about a new dating app that's out. It, there's no stakes. When you're talking about voter suppression in Georgia or uh, women that marry into ISIS and want to come back and do they have citizenship, this is, like, this is real, and it can be very heavy, and that was just yesterday. That was a freaking Thursday. So it can be heavy. I understand why John probably said goodbye, and then now he lives on a farm, and my guess is he'll slowly make his way back to entertainment, but I don't know. You think he'll do the Seinfeld route, and yeah. you know, we haven't heard the last of it. Yeah, I mean— we're all a little psychotic that choose to do this profession. There's something in our brain that needs approval or acceptance from others. And I think, I think he'll find his way back. I hope he does. I, I love, you know, he was also a successful author before The Daily Show. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great comedic mind. So we're missing him. Ever seen John Stewart's Spring Break? It's it's so funny how uh, you know, <laughs> those words thing. seem like they shouldn't even no, be No, but it, you, I mean, you mentioned Craig Kilborn. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's really funny the life cycle of. Yeah, comedians yeah. is uh, is that's a story unto itself. Well, and yeah, and the, and the road is always the one thing that kind of holds you, like, you get hot in TV, or then you do a movie, or you write a thing. But the road is always kind of there, and it can make you a couple bucks this whole time, and you can work on your jokes. So right. that's why a lot of comics do that. Um, that's also why a lot of comics <clears throat> die in their hotel room. But anyway, <laughs> we're gonna uh, Jeff Geraldo, right? That was yeah. uh, John's. Um, all right, let's. Uh, Greg, let's Greg, Greg Geraldo. Greg Geraldo. Yeah. Jeff Geraldo, I think, actually played tennis at Northwestern. Jeff, was, <laughs> my contemporary. But Jamie will edit that. Weirdly, out. also died in this hotel room. <laughs> no idea. Uh, all right, let's let's make this uh, segue. Great. Craig Kilborn. Um, aside, so another Craig, mm. Craig Tiley. Yeah. Tells a story of. Uh, you going to the Santa Monica Pier <laughs> when he coached you at the University of oh, Illinois. Wow. I, I think, first of all, you you sort of, uh, you were there when Craig Tiley was the up-and-coming comedian and not the right. powerhouse uh, right, right, arena right. show that he is now. Yeah, Craig Tiley was a, you know, was given the head coaching position at University of Illinois and developed a 10-year plan to win a national championship, which people thought he was absolutely insane. You're talking about the middle of the cornfields, Illinois, literally cornfields. Right. And 10 years later, won the NCAA championship. So he was a brash, uh, maybe too cocky for his own good, well-versed tennis coach, great recruiter, great motivator, and someone that cared, like every great coach, desperately about his players. And 
he got us on his team and he got us all moving in the same direction and created this great program, which ultimately led him going to Australia, um, term, becoming the tournament director of Australian Open. And, you know, he might might be headed back. But uh, I know we always did, hear these whispers. But did you see? I mean, he, well, first of all, let's talk about you, because he, he tells the story of uh, yeah. he took the team to L.A. Let's get this back to me. And um, yeah, exactly. Enough about him. Um Yeah. He said, he I said, forgot about I, that. I can't remember the story. I think I think I need to have him tell. But he basically, I need, I need everybody to come back and make twenty dollars. Yeah. And people said, well, maybe I'll. And you started doing stand up yeah. in the middle of Santa Monica. Yeah, Park. we were. He used to always do these team challenges every year. You know, it could be like a ropes course, could be oh uh, paragliding. These different things we all had to kind of do together. Uh, and one of them, one year was we were doing spring break in Santa Monica and playing Pepperdine, I believe. And he said, you got to go out to this, the promenade and whoever makes the most money, you know, in a legal way, uh, wins. So I I think you need permits for this, but I, we didn't do that. But I just kind of started telling jokes or goofing off in the middle of the promenade. I think there was an American flag Speedo that say, may have come out. I do recall a reference to a Speedo. But. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, and in a weird way, maybe that was you know maybe that was the start. Really? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'd always written jokes as a kid. I had notebooks of jokes, but I didn't know what to do with that. What do you do with that? Wait, what I mean, was the? So you're you're watching Craig Kilborn. You're writing jokes as a kid. As a kid, I I've got jokes. I wrote a joke when I I have I have a notebook of jokes when I was ten. I mean, that's what I mean. There's something psychotic about these people, myself included. Why? What ten year old is writing a joke down? Tell me about your mother. <laughs> well, yeah, my mom. Used to thank you, John. I start crying. My mom used to put us to bed and say, um, she would ask us a bunch of questions. One of which, and I don't forget the other ones, was, "What did you laugh at today?" Isn't that an interesting question? That's great. But why do I remember that? And there was other four questions too. So I used to write down something that made me laugh every day, and then you know, here I am in the SI podcast edit room six, and uh, long story short, crushing it. Look at you now. You know what I mean? Actually, I heard a comedian say, uh, he said the three most insulting words in the English language are look at you. Oh, uh, okay. Where'd you go? I went to the gym. Went to the gym? Look, look at, at you. you. Look That's at, great. I used to think you were a fat piece of <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, Jamie, jump in here. What do you want to know about a... Uh, on, I mean, I'm, I'm curious how you got this thing going. Um, yeah. Not unlike tennis, you sort of start out as a, as a road player, graduate from college, your yeah. teammates are playing ITF events all over the world, and you are uh, going to Giggles in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Giggle Garage. I mean, it's very similar to Futures, Challengers, small tour-level Grand Slam. The only, the only two differences are, well, the, the one biggest difference is that you don't get, you can't get injured. There's no, and there's no real right. clock, you know, as long as your life, brain life is goes good. on. Well, yeah, life goes on, but don't get addicted to drugs, and, um, you know, I hate that about sport. I hate that about how someone who's motivated and passionate and, and working hard and is great and a great teammate then just gets injured. God, it's such a – it sucks, you know? And it does happen in every profession, but sport especially, it's like – the other night with Zion and his yeah, shoe. Right. You know, it's like, God, it's you know – Existential, I, right? It's crazy. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. But comedy – yeah, you're all alone. Uh, and most of the success or failure is determined about on you, on your shoulders. It's very similar to a singles match. Uh, you don't really have an opponent up there, although sometimes the audience can feel like your opponent. And you just got to slowly grind and get better and add another minute to your routine, add another minute, do another radio show, try to get better, boom, 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 next thing you know. But it takes a long time. 
Might I suggest there been are this 15 non- years. 15 years. I mean, this is the first time John asked me, you know, to do something. You see what I mean? It takes 15 years. Who knows? When you I, just told me we did a tennis know, magazine gonna, story in the. We're the, gonna, gonna edit that you know, part out. The Ulysses Grant days. Um, <laughs> might I suggest there are non-physical injuries that uh, for sure you might confront as you crisscross the nation, making twenty-five dollars telling jokes in front of strangers. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, traps. Phone's blowing up. Um, You're on the SI podcast. How uh, how do you avoid that? Seri- no, but a serious question. How did you avoid saying, "Look, I'm I'm a young guy. I've got a college degree. Mm-hmm. Good looking guy from the Midwest. What the hell am I doing in Spokane, Washington, in yeah. front of eleven people?" Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's like this need to. Well, it, it goes to the power of making people laugh. If you can make a group of people laugh, it's a wonderful feeling. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't. Uh, it feels important. I think it is important. It's a great, 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 wonderful feeling. Now. I'm the youngest of four kids. Most comedians are the youngest, usually of bigger families. We're just trying to get mom and dad's attention. That's what all of this is about. I'm still <laughs> trying to get Jan and John to pay attention to me. So for whatever reason, anytime I hear a laugh, it's like, oh, mom and dad love me. Now, I had great family. I had great parents, but um, we were competing for attention. So, yeah. Now, And, and there, are, there are comics that, are, that I started with that are very funny that just said, Fuck this! I'm not doing this. I can't. I can't go to Des Moines, Iowa, on a Tuesday night for 400 bucks, and then you get there and they've actually double booked us, and we have to now sleep in the same room, even though I don't know this person, or the person has stolen my act from a year ago. Yeah, there's people that say I'm out, and that's a fair. One of my favorite speeches Louis C.K. gave when he won some comedy award. This was before all the controversy. He said, I, thanks, I won. Hey, next week I'm going to be at Des Moines at this casino. And everybody started laughing. And he said, fuck you. Y- you do that. But you right. can't. It's hard. And I did. Right, <laughs> he was right. like proud of this thing. I'm going to the casino next week. And uh, it feels good to make people laugh. So maybe that's what keeps us going. And you're still refreshing. I mean, you, I saw you, whatever yeah. months apart, you had a completely different act. I mean, you're always... Yeah, you're, that's you the goal. That's the goal. If you if you were to watch a longer set, maybe you'd recognize some stuff, but that's the goal. I mean, I have an hour that's ready now. Hopefully we'll shoot a special soon. And uh, you got to write, otherwise you die. Write or die out there. Mm. SI, you hear that? <laughs> All these people typing away. <laughs> They're writing, goddammit. It's easy. <clears throat> it's easy to, to just keep doing the same jokes. Right. Especially in this country where it's so big, you can go to a new club every week and no one's seen it. My friends in Australia who are comics, there's only 30 million people in Australia. You go Perth, Sydney, Brisbane, and then you got to write a whole new act. Like, it's ah, like, I've seen that act. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so in America, you can very easily write a good act and, and, and tour it forever, uh, but that you get very lazy that way. You had some good tennis jokes when, uh, I, think when so. I saw you. I'm working remember on some those? more. Yeah, I remember them. <laughs> Did you remember those? Like, yeah. give us, no, but I didn't know if you, you did that for Well, the thing uh, that's been I'm nice working on now is how everybody uh, – when I they hear I play tennis, they they say, "Oh, I play tennis," and then they act out tennis. Does this happen to you guys? Are so, they you know? But they're like, "Oh, I you know I played tennis in high school," but it's never tennis. It's always like two arms to the right, and they point and they go up. And it and so I've been working on this thing now where it's like, "No, let me show you tennis," and then I kind of mimic tennis up there. But it, it it's a very weird thing that people do this. Very other sports. Are you are you an athlete? What did you play? I played soccer. Soccer, okay. Do I recognize your name from soccer? 
Yes. Definitely not. Okay, definitely not. Come on. But I mean, what if people did this with so- you know? Oh, you played soccer. You know, you would never do that. <laughs> exactly. You'd never do the kicking of the foot or some the- people do it. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's so it ridiculous. Never, it never looks actually athletic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you still play tennis? I played when I lived in LA. I played a couple times a week. In New York, I haven't really figured it out yet. Yeah, New York's a tough tennis. Yeah, it's town. weird here. It's a great tennis town, meaning it's passion for tennis. But um, I think I, I played in Central Park last summer, and there was a guy with a stopwatch behind me, like you got to get off the court in twenty nine minutes, twenty eight minutes, <laughs> and then he comes comes out and he's like, can't even hold the racket right, and I'm just like, forget, I, you know what I mean? It, these. And I, next thing you know, we're yelling at each other, and so it's like the red light in the comedy club. Yeah. And when you decided to pursue comedy, did you cut it off cold turkey? Did you ever? Did it ever call you back? You mean did I cut off tennis? tennis yeah. When when I yes, the short answer is yes. Um, I was playing, playing, playing. Then I coached at University of Michigan, and then when I went full in to comedy, I was like, peace out, tennis, forever. You know, cold. I, I was. It was cold, but I don't know how it was for you. I didn't. You don't realize how important it is to you. You don't realize how nice it is to be good at something, because now I'm starting this new profession, and I I'm I know right. that I'm okay at comedy. When you start, you know it, and so then as years go on, you start to get better. It feels good, but then you go, holy shit, I was really good at this other thing. So then I started to slowly play again, and it felt good to be good again. And you know, my brain knew what was supposed to happen. My body couldn't really pull it off. That was annoying, but. Uh, yeah, I, I let it go. But hey, that's isn't that true love when you let it go and it comes back? See? That's what this podcast is about. I was gonna love, say, right? and look at you now. You're this here. podcast is about love. Better to have loved and lost. No, but you. I mean, I you, you say this facetiously. Your your email tag is number eight sixty four in the world. <laughs> yeah, you were top thousand in the world in tennis. Yeah, that's... yeah, thirteen ATP points. But who's keeping track? <laughs> it's scoreboard. Uh, yeah, scoreboard. Sharko. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing that's so annoying about that is everybody laughs. People in the sport world don't, but everybody else, when I say, oh, I was ranked 864, they, they giggle. They go, and it's hilarious, right? And, I'm, and I say it like I know it's, it's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't drive me insane. A little bit does. But <laughs> the average person is like, I don't even know they rank that many. And it's like, well, they do. You know, they rank actually 10,000. I was pretty good nah, at not it. Not anymore. But that's, <laughs> that's another, uh, what a, what, not anymore. What do they rank now? What, what do they rank now? Well, you've, you've stumbled, uh, you've stumbled okay. inadvertently into the serious part of today's show. Yeah. They've really changed this. So They have. They've lopped off about two-thirds of the players that was ranked at this okay. time a year ago. But that's a conversation for another time. I don't like that. No. Not, yeah. You will yeah. always be ranked. Yeah, so I'm 864. Well, it's my email signature. and you, once I don't know how you guys work, but once I set up my email signature, there's no change. I still have a Yahoo account for the exact same reason. Yeah. You uh, you predated Kevin Anderson, correct? In college, yep, yep. Um, but you Her, were part of this program that was becoming a dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I was good at recruiting. I think that was. I think Craig would tell you I was a. Uh, I played four and five singles. I was. I won a lot of matches. I was good at doubles. We ranked six in the nation in doubles at one point. Me and my partner Nathan Zeter. Shout out Nathan. What up, buddy? <laughs> um, but I think my real strength was probably recruiting. Uh, and a speedo I, joke in there somewhere, you realize. Yeah, right. Um, and, um, yeah, we got a lot of great players. I mean, when I was there, we heard about Kevin, but Rajiv Ram came through, you know, uh, Amir Dalek, Brian Wilson. Um, these guys literally slept on my couch on their recruiting visits. I mean, I, I have pictures of Amir Dalek as like a – Amir baffled me because on his recruiting trip he wanted to practice. He was asked for if there was court time available, and I was like, well, who are these losers we're bringing in? You know, two years later, they won the national championship. So 
Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was I, I learned so much from my college athletic years. Mostly how to just manage your time and also how to do good work when you're hungover. I mean, well, that's that's important in comedy too. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, there's there's a, a high school English paper we could compare and contrast and self sufficiency oh, and for sure highs and lows and losses and wins and travel. I'm still I'm at the Daily Show. I'm still the guy. Who anytime anybody isn't feeling well, I'm like, how much water did you drink today? And I think that's just like an athlete thing. It's like, yo, what's your water situation? Do you, have you been, you know, yeah, you should be peeing like 12 times a day. Nobody in this country drinks enough water. Nobody. We used to have, we used to have the signs in the bathroom with the, the chart, you know, the yeah. coloring. You have to like make yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Craig hired. Brown, no good, right? And yeah. Craig hired this USTA sports scientist to come in, take our urine, uh, you know, scientifically, and uh, assess it. And, and so, like, to this day, I'm like, okay, where am I at? What's the level? Blah, blah, blah. But it's it baffles me. Everybody I know, I got a little bit of a headache. I don't think my lunch was good. What's your water situation? <laughs> are you drinking water? You are you drinking water? You got water? <laughs> I thought you didn't want to do social issues, and now you are uh, <laughs> preaching that you. That's, I just want comedy. That's fine. I just want to forget my problems. I don't need you to lecture me on hydration. On, on hydration. These that's social true. issues uh, creeping into comedy. It lubricates your joints, men. You get uh, stronger erections. It makes you happier. You sleep better. I mean, come on. You still follow tennis, don't you? I do. I lo- yeah, as much as I can. It's a very exhausting sport to keep up with all the time. How the hell do you guys do that? That's part of the appeal, right? Even today, I was like, did Stan win the final? I saw he was in it, and he's injured, but then I don't even know. Yeah, he lost. But he did. Okay. Good to That's have him right. back. Yeah, great to have him you back. You realize this is going to double as your demo tape to do bits on Tennis Channel. Love that. I got, I, You'd gotta, be I great. Got, so. I got even more bits for, for tennis. Stan... I was performing at the comedy uh, comedy store in Los Angeles, which I would call one of my favorite clubs. And I was up there having a great set, and I look out, and I'm like, I know that guy sitting in the audience laughing his ass off. It's Wawrinka. No. Yeah. This was like two and a half years ago. I think it was Indian Wells time. A lot of them come to L.A. Yeah, right. Indian right, Wells time. Right. So, yeah, I ran after him. I don't run after anybody. I, you know, I ran after Stan Wawrinka on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> and I shook his hand. Thank you for coming. Thank you for. I felt it was hilarious. But I love his backhand. Just, I, I love him. So I try to. Yes, I try to keep up. Just total coincidence that he. Coincidence. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, unless he's a big fan of mine. He said, "Listen, I can 13, 18, 13, yeah, 18 eight, eight, people in the world. Eight sixty four yeah. in the world. Yeah. James Blake has come to a lot of my shows. Um, Marty Fish and I used to train together as kids. I still use Marty's golf clubs he gave me. So there's kind of, you know, tennis is a small world and, and people support each other for the most part, which is really nice. I got to say, the Maria Sharapova, Judah Friedlander. Can, can I just go can back that and coming. say, that, that was, that's about the strangest mashup I've seen in a long time. I, I would not have expected that. That is a strange, I agree. From either of them. I'm not, so I'll, I'll let you save this for your own act, but I, uh, yeah. I, I thought you had some awfully funny tennis jokes. Oh, that, thanks. Um, thanks. Can I just give you one? Yeah, Remember, give, me, give me one. What were you, you saying want... about Melbourne? <laughs> How did Melbourne become Melbourne? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't remember that exactly, but all I all I do remember is, you know, y- you fly over there for eighteen hours, but not one person tells you that it's not pronounced Melbourne. And as an American, <laughs> they immediately would make fun of you. Oh, it's it's Melbourne, it's Melbourne. It's like I've been on flying, I've been flying a day. And it, this can't be in one of those. They can't announce it to you. Can so let me know the city. Yeah, let me know the city. Uh, the old, 
the old silent R in the middle of the word. Oh, yeah, should have seen that coming. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember all, but I'm glad you remember. It was a very funny joke. That was a good good. joke. I thought you uh, improv that for uh, for my benefit. I think you're you're right. Last time I went to Melbourne to perform, uh, the comedy um, booker surprised me with Australian Open Finals tickets, and it was the Djokovic-Nadal six-hour match. Remember that one? Oh, man. Amazing. That was wasn't uh, like this year. Though. I was gonna say we, we didn't. Uh, yeah. that, that was 2012, 2019. Yes, uh, little, little bit different. That was, um, yeah. All right, you got to get uptown. I yes. got to get uptown. That was great. Man. Did we not talk about enough tennis? We hit enough tennis, Jamie. What do you think? I think we're okay. Jamie, yeah. what else did you want to? You have a Daily Show correspondent in in the podcast. Room. No, what it was else great. Should we I'm, I'm I'm here for the tennis joke. So let's let's yeah. do. I'm I'm here for an all tennis show. I think we should. We get you to come back and do tennis. Jokes, I'd love or to or do that... tennis. Jo- yeah, we can do that next. Time. Seriously. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. Done. Mark Thank you, guys. Um, all right. Thanks, man. Thanks for fun. having me. All right. That does it for this week. Thanks to Michael Costa for spending some time here. Very funny podcast. Thanks, as always, to Jamie for her expertise. Uh, keep the guest suggestions coming. We will have another one next week. Maybe we'll go for our third straight in-studio guest, Jamie. How would that be? Wow. Impressive. A hat trick before uh, we leave for Indian Wells. So have a good week, everyone. Um, if people wanted to subscribe, download, leave a review, where might they do that, Jamie? They can go on iTunes, and they can click the little subscribe button, leave a nice review, and they can get our podcast. We heard from Jimmy Trainer that that always helps. Um, all right. Thanks again to Michael. Thanks to Jamie. Have a good week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. Mm-hmm.